Well, this is it. In just a few hours, all of the speculation becomes exactly what it's been all along, which is completely useless. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. Happy NFL Draft Day. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into baseball and or hockey. I also offer Daily Shots of Pirates and Penguins where you found this. 8 p.m. is when the Roger Goodell Hugfest formally begins. The Steelers picking at number 20 overall. You're probably looking at something between 10 and 10.30. But for those of you who lived through the Devin Bush draft, you'll know that there's no such thing as taking a couple hours off and then just checking in to see how things are going. There is a chance, I believe a pretty good chance, that the Steelers are focused in, locked in maybe, on Malik Willis, and that they're going to do whatever needs to be done to get this player. Now, that doesn't mean they'll get him. There are 31 other teams involved in this process. But it does mean, I believe, that they'll try within reason. Within reason. I think you'll see the Steelers, if they get a sense that there are other teams in the teens that are looking at quarterbacks make a move to go up ahead of whichever team they perceive as being a threat to take Willis. I do not believe, and boy, this had better not happen, that they would do whatever's necessary to move ahead of the Carolina Panthers, who are all the way up at number six, because the price for that kind of move would be pretty significant. And it wouldn't just be, you know, give somebody a bunch of late rounders and hope that'll suffice. If you take the cumulative body of signals that we've gotten from both Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin over the past couple of months, including Monday at Heinz Field, you very much get the sense that they don't want to give up any draft picks. Now, no one wants that, so that's not exactly breaking news, but that they're genuinely reluctant. When Colbert's talking about how every time somebody brings it up in the room, he has to come back with Emmanuel Sanders being a third rounder, Antonio Brown being a sixth rounder, Brett Kiesel being a seventh rounder, and do you want to just give those guys away? And I'm sure whoever it is at the table is just sitting there stone-faced without anything to say back to the guy. When they're bringing things like that up, yeah, they'd rather have this player fall to number 20. And maybe he will. Maybe he will. Let me give you a little bit of background on drafts that might help explain some of what occurs tonight. And this isn't anything specific as much as it is related to, in my case, a lifetime of covering these things and a lifetime of communicating with the executives and the agents who hear these things as well, who are behind it. And I'll start with this. There aren't many secrets, nor are there many attempts to keep secrets. 
This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how you'd prefer to do that studying, whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, maybe a flexible hybrid format would work best for you. Find out more about all of this at pointpark.edu. Now, to really peel back the curtain on a process like this, I have to cross sport here with you. I'm going to switch over to the way Major League Baseball conducted its draft until a handful of years ago when everyone realized, hey, wait a second, the NFL is making a ton of money the way they do it with all these uh, TV productions and theatrics. We're going to try that too. The first round of the baseball draft used to be complete within, you're not going to believe this, like five minutes. You could watch the teams, one through 30, and their picks would go up like this. And you're thinking to yourself, hang on a second. Aren't you doing your due diligence? Aren't you talking about uh, what so-and-so might take and what this team might need and so forth? No. Because they already knew. Now, baseball's a little bit different in that you're not allowed to trade draft picks. Still. But the speed with which they chose their player made it really, really obvious to the handful of people who were observing this process, because it was really not something that was out and in the public, that everybody knew who everybody else was going to take. And I don't want to go so far as to call it a gentleman's agreement. But once you made it known who you wanted, everybody else knew and just kind of adjusted. So the first round would begin at, you know, whatever time of day, noon. And by 12.05, the whole round was done. Well, now that baseball has put theirs onto MLB Network and they have all the experts going back and forth and the highlights packages and the interviews with the kids and uh, the experts predicting who's going to be next, it's become, you know, a two, three hour affair, just like the NFL's. But it's the same thing at the core. So let's presume that if the Steelers don't know right now who the Panthers are going to take. And there's a really strong feel in Charlotte that that's going to be Kenny Pickett. Pickett will be QB1. Then they can just start looking at the rest of the picks and realize, hey, you know, maybe we have to worry about New Orleans. Maybe Detroit will realize they want somebody who's the next generation after Jared Goff. And within that, then you see, okay, this team wants this player, and maybe they're not feeling all that collegial where they want to protect that pick, and they don't want anybody leapfrogging them. That's when you get a sense that, okay, they really do want this player, but how badly, how badly are they willing to move up? This is what I'm getting at here. They'll have a really good feel for this by late afternoon. The communication between teams that happens on a day like this is so much more than what anyone might expect. 
and really it's mutually beneficial in most cases. If you tell so-and-so that this is the player that you want, it gives them greater certainty about trying to solidify the player that they want. Now, if you're both looking after the same guy, you're going to have a little bit of an uncomfortable conversation. Oh, and by the way, if you're in the AFC North when it comes to the Steelers, you're not having this conversation at all. So I don't want to make this sound like it's some seamless, universal process that everybody participates in. It's not. You got to work. You got to talk to people. You got to put the pieces together. But it is possible and it is practical to navigate your way through this without having to move up to get the player that you want. I believe that the Steelers will pull this off. I believe that the Steelers will select out of Liberty University, the quarterback, Malik Willis, and that they will do so at number 20 overall. When we come back, just one question. Welcome back. It's time for Just One Question. That's always brought to you on this program by our friends at Mike's Beer Bar, located on the North Shore, right across Federal Street from PNC Park, home to more than 500, count them, 500 craft brews, 350 of those being local, 80 of those being on tap, right there on location. Mike's Beer Bar has TV sets galore. Happy to have you for tonight's NFL draft viewing. Feel free to let out a great big cheer when they take Willis at number 20. Today's J1Q comes from Doug, who asks, So, DK, after the pick is in tonight, will you be nodding your head in some level of approval, shaking your head in another level of disapproval, or just staring at the wall in total bewilderment? or disbelief. Well, Doug, I can tell you the one thing I won't be doing is staring at the wall because I'll be really busy over at the Steelers draft headquarters on the south side. The moment that pick is made, presuming you were asking me this question literally, I have about a zillion different files in, in a zillion different directions to get out, including the alert that's on our app, including social media, including toward the coverage and the column that's got to follow in written form, so I will definitely not be staring at anything in bewilderment or otherwise. But I get what you're asking here. I do believe that there is a scenario, or multiple scenarios, in which the team could just floor us, where everything that we'd been talking about or observing, whether it was responsible or not, ends up looking like, what? I mean, let's say, for example... They draft an offensive lineman after all that money they spent. And despite all of those players being as young as they are, which was part of the beauty of the financial component of bringing in Mason Cole, James Daniels, keeping Chooks for having the rest of your guys be younger. And now you'd go and add a first round pick wouldn't make much sense. Still wouldn't be staring in bewilderment or otherwise, but I'd be, you know, like, what? And on the other side of it, if it isn't Willis, or if it can't be Willis because of the circumstances that I outlined earlier, maybe you're 
taking a wide receiver. No bewilderment there. I'd be okay with that. There's plenty enough of those. Impact types, right there at number 20. Impact types. Guys that would walk on your field and threaten to be your best receiver the first day they're out there. I could take a defensive lineman and say that, here we go, we're rebuilding what's always been, since Chuck Knoll's arrival anyway, the foundation of this franchise. This is the football team of Mean Joe Green to this day. And we can't have all of our D-line being 30, 31, 32, 33 years old. Can't do it. Here is the beginning of the next wave of that vital position. No bewilderment there. So I'd say that for the moment that you're describing, the literal moment when it happens, the first thing that'll resonate with me is the position. Presuming it's not Willis, it'll be the position and not the player. And I dare say that's the case for most of us who will be watching this draft who don't spend 364 days a year preparing for it. You're going to be looking at what they take versus who they take. I remain, Doug, of the belief that these guys don't care if they telegraph their signals. Maybe the way I laid it out for you in the opening segment helps to explain part of the reason why. But the other part is, you know, they just know what they want and who they want to do it. It doesn't always work. For every T.J. Watt, there can be a Jarvis Jones. But all signs, all signs right now point to quarterback. And within that, all signs point to Malik Willis, just like they did a year ago to running back and Najee Harris. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. And I'll remind you that this program will continue unabated through the weekend. A show every single day, meaning Saturday and Sunday as well, discussing the very latest in the Steelers draft. Thanks for listening to this, and I mean that. 